Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I really hope you've been enjoying the show. If you do like it, please download on any audio platform, uh, watch on YouTube, check out my clips channel linked in the description of the YouTube video if you're watching. And yeah, let's just get right into it. First thing I do want to talk about is Heat vs. Lakers Game 1. Uh, this one was looking pretty interesting at the beginning as the Heat uh, got out to a pretty sizable lead. As they went on a really nice run where they were hitting threes, they were doing really well. They were up 23-10 to 10 at one point, uh, but then the Lakers just went berserk for the rest of the game, basically, and just shut out this Heat team. A really, really impressive performance from the Lakers. They played absolutely phenomenal basketball in this game, uh, especially on the defensive end, and then that led to a lot of... Uh, fast break opportunities and then the way they were hitting their threes like I've said I've said this repeatedly so many times that if the Lakers are hitting their threes and it's not some like crazy statement it's just if the Lakers are hitting their threes there's no way you can beat them they're too good of a team for you to even compete with them when they're hitting their threes and I mean they hit them at almost 40% this game LeBron had an incredible game 25 points 13 rebounds 9 assists he was great Anthony Davis was completely dominant, putting up 34, uh, hit two of his four threes, got to the line 10 times, nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks. Like, he was just everywhere out there, especially what he was able to do on the defensive end was really impressive. Uh, every Everybody was doing well out there. It was a team effort, obviously, but Anthony Davis was really the anchor and was the one who uh, just had everything going for them, and he was really, really good this game. Uh, just so impressed by how he performed. And I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the matchup for the rest of the series. Bam Adebayo is doubtful for uh, tonight's game, as well as Goran Dragic. So that really sucks, as Bam was dealing with that shoulder during the Boston series. And it's a recurring issue now. So it's going to be interesting what they do, because I am just assuming that neither uh, Dragic or Bam will play. And with like Dragic, they have guard play. They'll see what they have in Kendrick Nunn, who was really good in uh, the minutes he played, even though the game was already over by that point. It's still nice to just see him get a little bit of rhythm because he was really struggling previously. So he's going to have to step up. Tyler Hero is going to have to step up after a super rough game, this one, where he had uh, 14 points on 6 of 18, 2 of 8. He was a negative 35. Uh, it was just rough out there for him. And, yeah, they're just going to need guys to step up for sure with those injuries to two of uh, I'd say they're three best players in Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. So that's definitely tough for them because uh, Jimmy isn't going to be able to carry it all. He's not that type of player. And even though he did have a really nice performance in this game, he also tweaked his ankle multiple times. One of them looking really bad. That really scared me. Uh, but he did come back in, and I haven't heard anything. So I expect him to uh, play this game. And he was a big reason why they got out to that early lead with him hitting uh, two threes early and just doing really good out there. Uh, but he only did play 33 minutes with him kind of being in and out with injuries and then the game basically being over. So the Heat are just going to need a bunch of guys to step up. Uh, I was really interested to see what Eric Spolster did putting in Solomon Hill and Derek Jones Jr. very early. Uh, he had a lot of lot of really interesting moves, and I'll, I believe in Eric Spolscher most of the time uh, because I think he's the best coach in the league. Uh, I've been so impressed by what he's done the entire year, uh, but I definitely just didn't agree with that move uh, with Solomon Hill out there. He was guarding Anthony Davis a lot too. I understood their plan of having Bam Adebayo as a help defender, 
uh, so he wouldn't be in as much foul trouble, and he could kind of just sag off guys like Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee if they were in. Uh, but Anthony Davis was just eating when he had Jay Crowder on him, who had a pretty good game. Uh, and then Solomon Hill, when Anthony Davis was on him, that was they were just feasting, uh, feeding Anthony Davis, and Bam couldn't do anything because he wasn't the main defender. So whenever Bam does get back healthy, I think it's necessary that they switch that matchup, even though Bam may be in more foul trouble. Uh, you just can't have guys that are that much smaller guarding Anthony Davis. And we really saw, I think, what we expected out of the Rockets series. When a smaller defender one was on Anthony Davis, he was taking advantage of that fully. Uh, obviously, he was great in the Rockets series, but it was a lot of mid-ranges. He was feasting in the post while still getting to that mid-range area as he's one of the best mid-range shooters in the whole league. And then his threes have been hitting pretty well this entire playoff. So he's really become unguardable at this point. And obviously, he's so incredible on the defensive end, like I was saying. He was literally just doing everything out there. And obviously, it's just one game. But uh, so far, the finals MVP would have to be Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron could definitely make an argument for that. But I wouldn't even be surprised if Anthony Davis does end up getting it. Because he's just on a whole nother level right now and is playing crazy. Uh, but yeah, the Heat, a uh, really, really rough game for them in just so many ways. You obviously don't like to see them get blown out. As in the third quarter, I literally shut off the game because they were down by like 30, which was just embarrassing to be totally honest. And then obviously you have the big injuries. So it was basically the worst possible outcome that could have happened this game. And yeah, they're, uh, the series is probably already over, which is so sad to say because I never thought the Heat were going to win because the Lakers, especially with the way they're playing right now, I just couldn't see that. But I just all I wanted to see was a close series, and with the injuries and just with the way the Lakers are playing, and uh, all fronts they're hitting right now, so that's tough to see for sure. It's sad that uh, the finals matchup after the Heat have had such a uh, magical season where they've outperformed everyone's expectations. It looks like they're probably going to go out pretty quickly with the injuries they're dealing with, and just with how incredible the Lakers are. Uh, just so much love given to the Lakers. They played a basically perfect game. Uh, uh, the game is as uh, on the score is closer than it was actually, and still it was an 18-point win. That just shows how bad it was. Uh, like the he had 31 in the fourth quarter when the game was already over. When LeBron was taking his shoes off on the sideline, like it was just such a good run from them, and they just never let their foot off the gas, which is. Uh, what you like to see, they uh, just never let the Heat even believe they had a chance to win after they went up. And like I said, the defensive intensity was just so impressive. And then uh, the zone was getting tore apart by them because they're, they were hitting their threes. Uh, and the Heat are going to need to run that zone sometimes just because it's impossible to try and guard Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the court at the same time one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, but if the Lakers shooters are hitting their threes, then I really don't know how you game plan for the Heat at all. Uh, it's just such a tough situation to deal with because those two players are so talented. And then LeBron, whenever they would try and throw a double team at him because they really couldn't stop him with an individual defender, he's such a great passer. Whereas long as the guys are hitting their shots 
Uh, he's going to slice apart any defense that throws double teams at him. But then when he has a singular defender on him, he's going to try and hunt mismatches. He was trying to hunt uh, Duncan Robinson out there a lot. I'm sure if we see more Kendrick Nunn, LeBron's going to do everything to try and hunt uh, Kendrick Nunn out there. And then Anthony Davis is going to have a smaller guy on him with Bam Adebayo out now. Or he's just going to have a guy who's not great at defense. Like, if there's any minutes with Kelly Olenek or Myers Leonard on him, Anthony Davis is going to dominate. And then you would just hope either one of, like, uh, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, or Danny Green has a good game. And it's basically over at that point because this Lakers team defensively is so insane. And then their offense is really clicking. Uh, this whole playoffs, their offense has been clicking really well. And I'm just super impressed by the Lakers. They hit a great game one. It looks like they're about to be the 2020 champions. And overall, just a great season for them. I expect Anthony Davis to re-sign on a big contract and be there for the long haul. Uh, probably even past when LeBron James is uh, done playing basketball. So... Uh, you just got to be so happy as a Lakers fan right now. Obviously, you don't want to be content because it's just one game. But this one game with everything that happened in it is uh, the worst outcome that could have happened for the Lakers and the best that could uh, have happened. Wait, no. It's the worst that could have happened for the Heat and the best that uh, could have come for the Lakers. Obviously, you don't want to see injuries. Uh, but at a certain point, there is luck in every single championship, which uh, I hate that people put at asterisks on championships i heard draymond green say this in an interview a while ago like there's luck in every single championship there's not one single championship where there isn't some form of luck even if it's like a, a random second round injury in like five years that we're gonna forget about uh that was a lucky situation so i hate when people put an asterisk on it I definitely think certain titles way more than others, obviously. Like, the Dirk 2011 run is one of the most impressive titles ever. Uh, and then KD's rings with the Warriors, where they just outmatched literally every single team, are some of the least valuable rings. So there's definitely uh, levels to it, but I don't think any ring just shouldn't count. And the Lakers couldn't control that the Clippers absolutely choked. And the Lakers couldn't control that uh, the Bucks. Uh, collapsed against Miami and that the Celtics had an embarrassing uh, game six performance in the fourth quarter to let the Heat win and they can't control that Bam Adebayo and Gordon Dragic got injured all they can control is uh, how they play and you cannot take away that they're playing uh, probably the best basketball we've seen the whole year from them I mean they were really good the regular season but we're just seeing them uh, step up to a whole new level in the playoff LeBron and AD duo it's insane, and as long as those two guys are on the same team, because LeBron, uh, obviously he's going to slow down at some point, uh, but that some point doesn't seem to be very soon, so I think they're going to continue to just be insane and be one, of, be one of, if not the best duo in the league for a long time, as long as they're both healthy, because I just believe in LeBron, and I think Anthony Davis can get even better uh, if we see him uh, be more consistent with the three-point shot, which we've seen in the playoffs. And if we can, can see him continue to hit those mid-range shots with also being the defensive beast he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he's either strongly in defensive player of the year contention or wins it next year. Uh, and this Lakers team is going to be a hard team to beat for sure. I've just been so impressed by their season. Uh, this ring, definitely, I have LeBron uh, below Jordan. But this ring... 
basically just evens it out for me. Uh, even though, again, it's probably a little bit less of a valuable ring than some of the most in NBA history. All these teams that are here right now uh, did have to go through a lot of perseverance this season with everything that went on, with the uncertainty that we were even going to play basketball. And no matter what, this is an impressive championship, and it's a nice uh, boost to LeBron's legacy. Uh, the people who already think LeBron's better uh, will still obviously think he's better and think it's even more of a gap. The people who think MJ better, uh, MJ's better, and who aren't biased about it, because there will be plenty of people who will say it's still not even close, but guys like me who are uh, completely unbiased about it, even though I just think Jordan is the worst player slightly, but LeBron has uh, the, well, uh, Jordan has the better, better legacy, LeBron better player. So the closer and closer it gets as far as legacy is the closer LeBron will be to being the official GOAT. And I think uh, you can make a very good argument either way, which I hate so much when people think it's blasphemous to say either way. I just think it's all about making a smart argument because there's a lot of people who don't make smart arguments and just go off super dumb, biased things. Uh, like the graphic where it's like, oh, uh, Michael Jordan's winning percentage in the playoffs without Scottie Pippen, and then this LeBron's winning percentage without an all-star, even though that completely cherry-picks that Le uh, Jordan faced one of the greatest teams of all times in the 86 uh, Celtics, coming off a broken foot and carried that team to the ace seed. Uh, when they wanted to tank and try and get a pick, he forced himself back into the lineup and forced him into the playoffs and had one of the greatest playoff performances of all time. And then uh, the, there are plenty of people that cherry-pick LeBron's legacy and only bring up 2011, which is a huge blunder. Don't get me wrong at all. That was an embarrassment. Uh, but that shouldn't be just your main argument every time we hear the uh, Jordan versus LeBron argument is the Jordan 6-0, but then it's LeBron has better all-around stats. Uh, I just think that debate is gone so old, and I honestly just want someone to be the defined GOAT because it's so annoying to hear literally every single day. You see it on Twitter. You see it in these debate shows. That's how you know if a debate show has nothing to talk about is when they keep beating the dead horse and talking about the LeBron versus MJ debate. And those shows are so stupid because uh, these guys don't actually believe what they're saying. And you can tell that because they always make sure there's an extreme, uh, there's an extremist on one side and there's an extremist on the other. And that's the big problem with NBA media is that people with reasonable takes aren't going to be noticed. People who say like, uh, I think Jordan was a slightly worse player. I th think LeBron is uh, a worse scorer for sure, but he's still one of the best scorers of all time. And I just think his passing, uh, with him being one of the best passers of all time, his rebounding, him and Jordan, uh, aren't too far, but LeBron is definitely the better rebounder. And I would just rather have him running my team because he has an, a higher IQ and he can play more of a point guard role. And then people could be like, Jordan is basically equal to LeBron as a player. And then the 6-0... and uh, just all the legendary moments, the better legacy, uh, the basically flawless legacy. Uh, if you make those arguments, those aren't going to be the ones that get noticed. It's going to be the ones saying LeBron isn't clutch and that he doesn't have the killer instinct like Jordan, which is just totally false. And then it's going to be uh, saying that LeBron, that Jordan needed Pippen 
and that that devalues his rings a little bit, even though Pippen was injured for the last two rings and wasn't even that good and had multiple playoff series where he wasn't that good, and I think he's overrated. And then uh, Dennis Rodman wasn't even that good towards the end of their run, and Jordan kind of had to carry that at a pretty old age, which I feel like so many people don't mention. Uh, even though what LeBron's doing at year 17 is incredible, nothing taken away from uh, that at all, but Jordan was old doing this too. So I just think the NBA media is stupid as as a whole. That was a whole separate rant, but... It really just frustrates me to see people constantly get tricked because us getting mad, uh, us being like NBA Twitter and just people who watch uh, the NBA, us getting mad is exactly what they want. You're falling right into their palms. I mean, if they say some outlandish stuff, if if they're like Jason Whitlock, who Jason Whitlock says a lot of idiotic things that are far beyond basketball, he says a lot of idiotic political things, and you can get mad at that for sure. I completely understand that. But just getting mad for the 50th time on Twitter that Kendrick Perkins had a dumb basketball take uh, with him riding LeBron, which is literally what he gets paid to do, uh, we're falling right into their hands, and we need to stop that as an NBA media because that's how we uh, stop giving those guys jobs to say outlandish stuff. We need to listen to guys... uh, a lot of guys on YouTube, I would suggest, guys like Through the Wire, who's another phenomenal podcast who I look up to a ton. I, w- I would hope even myself that you could listen to and know even if I have a bit of a hot take, it's always going to have reasoning. And I'm not just being a hater or I'm not uh, being a, a big supporter of someone. I'm just trying to be unbiased but maybe have an opinion that is a little different to everyone else. Listen to guys uh, even when they're wrong, guys like Rusty Buckets, who's a great NBA YouTuber, he's had plenty of wrong takes, but those guys admit it, and they don't say those takes that end up being wrong to get clout, even though some people do. You also don't support those people. You've got to support the people who actually know what they're talking about, and then stop supporting that, because that's why the NBA media is so bad, is because people like Skip Bayless, people like Nick Wright still uh, have people that watch their shows and watch the clips on YouTube. And even I've fallen into this trap before. But I've tried to stop it because I've just opened my eyes and realized, like, that is exactly what these shows want. So that was a completely separate, but it kind of stems off of uh, this series just because of the LeBron versus Jordan debate. And that could become closer, which we're going to see a whole bunch of takes about that. And I'm sure there'll be some dumb clip from, like, uh, Shannon Sharp or... I don't know. There will be some dumb clip, and then it will be all over Twitter, and then everybody will be talking about it, and we'll fall right back into the media's trap that we always do. But back to the series, I think it's over for the Heat, just in my opinion, with the injuries, with the Lakers simply just being a better team. Uh, I just think it's over, but it was a great run for the Heat no matter what. Even this, if this series ends up being a sweep and doesn't end up even being close, the Heat are set up in a beautiful position with great young talent and having cap flexibility in the future to try and go after the true maybe number one guy. Or maybe you have a situation uh, where it's like a 1A and 1B with Jimmy Butler, where you have someone who's on his level or pretty close to it. And those two are enough to uh, win a championship. Because even though the Heat did make it the championship, uh, this was a very odd circumstance with everything that happened. And I don't think... 
I can rely on Jimmy Butler consistently being the best player on a championship team. He's one of those players who's in the Jason Tatum mold, uh, the even maybe Damian Lillard type of mold, where I think those guys are good enough to be the number one option on a championship team, uh, but you need to have really nice pieces around them, and it's not a guarantee. I don't think Jimmy Butler's a bona fide superstar. I think he's near that, and I think he's just slightly a tier below that. But I don't think he's up there uh, right now, and I just don't think he ever will be, uh, just because he's simply not a dom enough, dominant enough player. He uh, way too often just like kind of uh, relies on his other people to do that, which is completely fine. And I actually respect him a ton for doing that, for him not having the ego and for him to believe in his young guys. But I don't, also don't think you can be a superstar like that. So the Heat, uh, in my opinion, do have to get another bona fide star or another star level player uh, to consistently be a team that we're like, yeah, they can make the championship. Because teams like the Celtics, uh, even though they did lose to them this year, I could definitely see the Celtics getting better and being a team that could beat the Heat next year, the Bucks, uh, if they continue to do the same thing, they would lose to the Heat next year because they, they would fall right into the Heat's trap. But if they do something different, then uh, the Bucks could beat the Heat. So they definitely can't become complacent and be like, yeah, we make the finals. Uh, we don't really have to make any moves. And they don't necessarily have to make any moves this offseason, except for re-signing their guys. I think Duncan Robinson will be up for a contract. Uh, it's definitely huge that they get him. Uh, Bam Adebayo will probably get his extension this offseason. Uh, but like I said, they just can't become content. They uh, have to continue to uh, strive to be better. You would obviously hope that their young players like Tyler Hero get better, which I expect them to. Uh, if Bam can continue to uh, versify his offensive game, then that would be huge for uh, them. But they'll definitely be a team. That's in contention in the Eastern Conference next year and for years to come with flexibility with young guys. They're in a perfect situation. No time to panic. Uh, they have the best coach in the league, in my opinion. So the Heat should be super happy with their season, even if it's a disappointing outcome with them maybe losing in four or five. Moving on, uh, I do want to talk about the Doc Rivers hiring for the 76ers. Now, this is one that I am uh, super in the middle on. Because on one hand, I saw what Doc Rivers did for the uh, Clippers last year, where he led them to the A seed with a team that simply wasn't crazy talented, even though they had a lot of nice pieces on the roster. They didn't have that bona fide guy. Uh, they just had a lot of guys like Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Shea was only like a 12-point scorer who played good defense and was a decent passer for them last year. Uh, Danilo Gallinari was a nice like 18 point efficient score but they really didn't have that guy and that team had such good camaraderie had such good chemistry and really outperformed everyone's expectations but then you look at this year you look at the 3-1 lead uh, blown to the Rockets when uh, in like 2015 I think it was uh, with that old Clippers team with Lob City and you may think Doc Rivers is a really bad coach. But again, you can look at last year and be like, he's a really good coach. You can look at how he was able to have multiple, multiple stars on that uh, 2008 Celtics team and was able to manage those egos, uh, which may not sound like much. But a lot of the times with coaching, it's not even about being the best exodus and O's coach necessarily. It's about managing personalities and managing egos. But then you can look again at this year and be like, why was the team chemistry so bad? 
So it's something I'm just super mixed on because I don't know how good of a coach he is because he's had so many good signs, but he's also had so many terrible signs with him blowing three 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 one leads even though the first one he uh blew was when he was the a seed and they went up three one against a one seed that's not necessarily too super bad and that was in like 2003 or something it was the early 2000s when he had t-mac on the magic so not necessarily that was that bad but then you look at the rockets uh three one blown lead which that was a complete collapse the run they went on with the bench guys when james harden uh, went to the bench, and they had that huge comeback in Game 6 and ended up just closing it out in Game 7. He has some really bad moments on his uh, resume with also having some really good moments. And this uh, Sixers team is in a desperate situation because they need to start winning now or it's time for big moves. Uh, and they did sign Doc Rivers to a five-year contract, which is something that worries me a little bit. Uh, I do like, though, that they were aggressive about getting their guy because the the second after he was fired, it felt like they were right uh, on about getting him, which I just, like I said, I do like them being confident and getting their guy. Uh, it seemed like the second they knew he was getting fired, uh, they were already in talks with him and basically put down the Mike D'Antoni thing. So it is an interesting hire for them, for sure, because I think he's a better coach than Brett Brown. I really just don't think Brett Brown is a good coach. Uh, especially good head coach. I think Brett Brown could be a good assistant on plenty of team staffs, but I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. Uh, and we see in Doc Rivers be experienced, but he's had so many disappointing runs. The uh, whole Lob City thing, that's something I'm pretty mixed on, just because they had so many things that went wrong with them with the injuries. And that team also had some big holes, like that small forward spot they could just never figure out. They tried so many different guys, and, and it just never worked for them. So, I don't really know if I should blame him on that, uh, but I can definitely blame him for a lot of the stuff ha that happened this year. At a certain point, you guys have to make shots. Like, the coach can't uh, force the players to make shots, but also, you can get the players easier shots, and he relied way too much on having a very simplistic offense that was super reliant on Kawhi and Paul George hitting tough shots. And even though... Uh, especially Kawhi is one of the best in the entire league. Uh, him and like Kevin Durant are probably the two best in the league at hitting uh, those difficult shots. Uh, sometimes he's going to have a night like he did at Game 7. I feel like people overblow uh, that series on Kawhi a lot. That Game 7 performance was horrible, though. Um, one of the worst games in his career since he's been a star-level uh, player, and it was an embarrassment. And then Paul George... Uh, I really don't know what to think about him. He's a player that I've seen be so great in the regular season, but had these collapses in the playoffs, and I don't know if I can believe in him anymore, which is sad because Paul George is talented as hell. He is one of the most talented players in the entire league, and he has so many nice moves. He's a really fun player to watch, too. He's just so smooth with everything he does out there on the court, but at this point... Uh, with these past couple of playoff runs, I can't believe in him as a playoff player anymore. He has to prove something to me uh, for me to be like, he can be a guy that I would be uh, happy with on a championship level team. And I don't really see him getting moved because I just don't see the move out there. Uh, I was watching a video from uh, Rusty Buckets, and he was talking about the idea if James Harden demanded a trade, a three-team trade, where like he went to the Nets, James Harden went to the Clippers, and uh, the Rockets got 
like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and a bunch of picks from multiple teams, uh, which is an interesting move, but I don't see James Harden demanding a trade. And then I just don't see them getting equal value for Paul George. And obviously they shouldn't just trade him for, for nothing because Paul George is a good basketball player who will help you win games, but I don't know if he'll help you win playoff games. And this season, uh, next year for the Clippers, is a necessary one for them to win. And uh, I think Paul, uh, Doc Rivers is a reason why it's a necessary must-win season for them because he had a huge meltdown in the playoffs. And then you look at the 76ers team uh, that had another big meltdown in the playoffs with them getting swept in the first round. Obviously, they were missing Ben Simmons, uh, but Joel Embiid was good that series, even though he... Uh, kind of disappeared in the second half every single time because he's not in shape and can't play at a high level a whole game, basically. And then no one else stepped up for them. So I'm concerned about this hire uh, for the 76ers because they're in basically the same situation that the Clippers are in, which is so interesting that Doc Rivers is their coach now, where this next season for them, they don't even have to win a championship. The Clippers basically have to win a championship next year. But... For the 76ers, they have to show improvement and have to be a much better team or it's time to make a big move. It's time to decide between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid uh, after the season if they fail again, which I know is a super harsh thing to say. And those players, those two players are so, so talented. They're both, I'd say, top like 17-ish players in the league just off the top of my head. And they're both so, so good. Uh, but the fit isn't great between them. And I don't think Doc Rivers is a good enough coach to uh, diminish that fit, especially with the players they have around them, with them still having the Al Horford contract, which, I mean, you'd hope they'd be able to flip for a guy like uh, Buddy Heald. But I don't know if the Kings would want that trade, even though Buddy Heald has been liking so many Instagram posts about him going to the 76ers, which is super funny. And I mean, if they could get Buddy Heald uh, for trading like Al Horford, Zaire Smith, maybe some picks, uh, that would be a crazy trade for them and that would be perfect for them. And then maybe I could see it working. Uh, but I just don't know if that'll be there. And they're stuck with that Tobias Harris contract. And Tobias Harris is a good player, but his contract is way too big, so... The 76ers are in an interesting spot, in one of the most interesting spots in the league, with a coach that I'm super unsure on, and I just don't know how to feel about this hiring, and I don't know how to feel about this 76ers future, because at one point, uh, on one side, it's like they have so much talent, you'd hope they can work it out, but that talent doesn't fit together, and they're in cap hell, so, I mean, it's a weird situation to be in, I really don't know uh, how this next season is going to go for them. I need to see them make moves in the offseason, though. If they come back with this next ro uh, the same roster this next season, then it's over for them. Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons is gone. Uh, there's no way around it. But if they come back with a new and improved roster with better spacing and hopefully better coaching, uh, maybe Doc Rivers can get some nice assistance on his staff, too, uh, then I could see them... Uh, doing well because again they're so talented but I don't know how to feel uh, about the uh, 76ers in the upcoming season I mean as a Celtics fan I'd absolutely love for them to fail again and see their whole team crumble apart but 
as an unbiased basketball fan, I genuinely just want to see this team be good because I don't want to see two truly generational talents be wasted and be have uh, be uh, have to split apart, which would be so sad. Even though I would love to see Ben Simmons with the team with just shooters around him, or the same thing with Joel Embiid. I would love to see that, but I would also love to see these two succeed together because the sky's the limit, and they haven't even come close to that uh, potential they do have. Last thing I do want to talk about for today is I uh, I think every maybe every week or every two weeks, I'll do an updated NFL team power rankings, and this is going to be the first one. Uh, this was really fun to make. I've been really, really enjoying this NFL season. Hopefully, the situation that's going on with the Titans and the Vikings uh, isn't a sign of things to come because that would be really, really sad. Uh, but I think the NFL could get it figured out. And if they do, uh, this is going to be a great rest of the season. It's been so much fun to watch so far. I've been having a blast. And let's just get right into talking about these team power rankings. Uh, starting from the bottom at uh, 32, the worst team in the entire NFL. This shouldn't be a debate. If anyone debates this, I don't know what you're talking about, but we got the Jets at number 32. The Jets are an absolute disaster. They're a dumpster fire. I think Sam Darnold is a very talented quarterback, but he still has a lot of mental issues, and I think his confidence is just shattered uh, with what this Jets team has done to him. I feel so bad for uh, him being a young quarterback, having to be put in this situation with such bad coaching and then just such bad talent around him. His offensive line is atrocious. Uh, his running game really hasn't been there, even though they signed Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell hasn't done anything for them because that offensive line is just that bad. He's never really had that good of receivers, to be honest. Uh, he only has like Jamison Crowder this year, really. Like, this team sucks. This team is terrible. They lost to a Broncos team that really isn't that good. Uh, even though I love the Broncos coming into the season with all the injuries they had, the way they lost to the Broncos is absolutely inexcusable. And, yeah, the Jets just look really, really bad this year. Uh, I did like some of the signs I saw from uh, Sam Darnold in the bar. Broncos game with that huge touchdown run he had that was awesome to see and he didn't throw any interceptions he had a cool game but again this Jets team is just so uh poor as far as talent and I could see them going like 2 and 14 this year this team is really really bad and they're in a terrible situation for their future I think Adam Gase needs to be fired immediately as soon as possible because I just don't think he's a good coach and in a league like the NFL, where coaching is so important to how good of a team you are, I just don't think you can keep running it back with a guy who I don't think anyone thinks Adam Gase is a good coach. And I think plenty of people do think that Sam Darnold has potential, but it just hasn't been unlocked at all with this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we see Sam Darnold go to a new team and we see him completely unlocked. But this Jets team is just not it at all. Uh, the 31st team, we got the other team in New York. We got the Giants. Now, the Giants obviously don't have Saquon Barkley, who is their franchise player. He's uh, the most important player on their whole team. And uh, they were going to suck with him. And without him, they're going to suck more. Uh, I do like Daniel Jones, even though he's a little bit inconsistent. Still has some things you'd uh, like to see him fix. The fumbling still isn't perfect. And he just 
has some moments where he's making a lot of uh, young guy mistakes, but he does have uh, a lot of times where he shows nice flashes. They do have a guy like Evan Ingram who one game will look great, uh, and really you can see the potential with the athleticism, him taking the top off of the defense and uh, getting a long touchdown and then maybe killing them in the intermediate game, uh, maybe having some big plays after the catch because of uh, his athleticism. But uh, at the same time, you can also see a game where he just completely disappears and really just doesn't do anything uh, that game and maybe drops the ball a couple times. Uh, And then the receiving core has been injured pretty consistently, and Darius Slayton has been the only guy who's really just constantly... uh, been there for them and then that defense is really really bad the cornerback position is terrible uh their secondary as a whole isn't good their linebacking core isn't good basically the only good part of that defense is the defensive line and the giants are just a mess uh they need saquon to be healthy and they need a great draft i don't even think their drafts have been bad either i think andrew thomas is a good player but the offensive line as a whole is really bad uh, Saquon's obviously great. I think Daniel Jones has potential. Uh, they did miss big with the corners they drafted. Uh, that didn't go well at all with DeAndre Baker being arrested. But, uh, yeah, the Giants are in a really bad position, and they're going to be a really bad team this year. I don't think anyone's going to beat out the Jets as the worst team. I'm pretty confident in that with them being 0-4 and looking absolutely atrocious in every single game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not looking good for the Giants at all. It's not looking good for New York sports at all as a whole. Uh, at 30, we got football team. Now, football team did actually look pretty good, uh, in the first game against the Eagles, who have been probably the most disappointing team in the entire NFL so far. Uh, but ever since then, they have not looked good at all. Uh, that offense, Dwayne Haskins is another player who shows a lot of signs, has a lot of nice moments, but he has zero weapons. Uh, Other than uh, Terry McLaurin, who is a beast, Terry McLaurin is so phenomenal, Uh, and he's basically the only guy that that gets thrown to on football team. Uh, But other than that, there's no weapons for Dwayne Haskins. That offensive line isn't very good. They do have a pretty solid defense, though, with the... uh, uh, pass rushing being really good for them. Chase Young is a beast. Ryan Kerrigan's really good. And they just have a lot of nice pieces on that defensive line. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the team just simply isn't very talented. They don't really have much of a running game. The offensive line isn't great. Uh, there's not much weapons uh, for Dwayne Haskins to throw to. Dwayne Haskins still makes a lot of mistakes and has a lot of stuff to work on. And uh, the defense, other than the defensive line, isn't great. The linebacking core isn't very good. The secondary isn't great. And yeah, football team, even though they did actually show some promise, uh, just haven't looked good since then. And I don't expect them to look good for the rest of the year. Uh, Next team is the Broncos at 29. The Broncos were a team that I was super, super high on. I absolutely loved the Broncos going into the season. I'm a big fan of Drew Locke. I think Jerry Judy is incredible the best receiver in the whole draft, Uh, and I just love the weapons that that they had. I love uh, Noah Fan. Cortland Sutton is really good. Uh, They had a really good draft. They have the two running backs with uh, Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsey. They have a lot, a lot of talent on that team, 
but they have been absolutely screwed with injuries this year. It's out of their control. Von Miller out for the season. Beast, uh, the best player on the team by far, one of the best players in the entire NFL. Uh, I mean, it's nice that Bradley Chubb hasn't gotten injured yet because he's been a player who's had a lot of injuries in his young career so far. But, yeah, they've had to pull in uh, backups who just aren't good. They managed to beat the Jets, but, I mean, the Jets suck, like, really, really bad. So, uh, I'm super disappointed in this Broncos season. And the sad thing is, it is not their fault at all. They just uh, caught a lot of rough breaks this year. So many young, talented players on their team have went out with injury. And you just got to hope that next season uh, their guys can be healthy because I, again, think this team is really talented. And maybe after a year where everybody gets healthy and uh, some of the young guys develop, we see Jerry Judy make less mistakes with him uh, having some drops in his young career that were pretty bad. But he has shown some great moments. Like when he absolutely mossed uh, the cornerback on the Jets and got the touchdown, that was such a fun play. And something that was really good to see. And then with Cortland Sutton, he's uh, one of the better receivers in the entire NFL. Uh, definitely in the upper echelon. And then Von Miller, one of the best pass rushers. If him and Bradley Chubb can just stay healthy for one season, that's going to be a crazy dynamic duo. And I expect them to probably get a higher pick in the draft just due to the injuries that they had. And honestly, that may be a blessing in disguise. Even though this uh, would have been a disappointing season with the injuries. They could just get even more talented, uh, maybe improve their secondary, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, they don't really have many, honestly, glaring holes. Like, uh, their offensive line could be a little better, I guess, uh, but their receiving core is great. The tight ends are good. I love Drew Locke. I really like their running backs. Uh, the whole defense is pretty good, uh, even though some of those players are getting older. And like I said, they could uh, maybe use some help in the secondary uh, with some of those players getting older. But again, the Broncos, a uh, disappointing season for this year, but I think they'll have a huge bounce back season next year. Uh, again, as long as he's uh, healthy, as long as Drew Locke's healthy, as long as Vaughn Miller's healthy, as long as Cortland Sutton, they're in for a good season next year. It's no time to panic because that team is really, really talented. Uh, 28 is a team that could definitely argue with uh, the Eagles for the most disappointing team in the Vikings. Now, they did look much, much better against a Titans team that has looked incredible to start the season, but the first two games were embarrassing. The defense is so bad this year. I knew the defense would take a hit with their uh, cornerback situation being in a very, very bad position. Their cornerback situation is uh, terrible. With the fall-off that Xavier Rhodes had and then him uh, leaving the team, and them not really having anyone else, uh, I knew they weren't in a good situation. But I didn't expect it to be as bad as it's been this year. They have been constantly burnt over and over again, and then the offense, which has the potential to be so dynamic, has not looked the same. Uh, I think we're seeing the loss of uh, Stefan Diggs for sure, who's looked incredible with the Bills so far. Uh, but... I mean, Kirk Cousins has been really disappointing to start the season. He had that absolutely terrible game against the Colts, which he just looked so bad. Like, I I did not expect Kirk Cousins to have that bad of a game, but it was, it was truly awful out there. Uh, and even though Dalvin Cook has had a great season so far, 
Uh, there's always worries about him getting injured. And even if he's healthy, it's not like a running back can carry a team in this uh, modern NFL. And the defense just isn't very good, even though they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talented players, but they don't have a, a well-rounded enough roster. And they have dealt, had to deal with some injuries, like uh, Everson Griffin being, being injured. But uh, we really just are seeing... Uh, the lack of them being a well-rounded team, even though they have great players like Dalvin Cook, like Kyle Rudolph, uh, like Harrison Smith. There's a lot of really nice players on this team, but they don't have a good secondary at all, and that's been the biggest downfall for this team and overall their defense. Uh, it's been really bad. Hopefully, they can just look better. Uh, their season at this point with the record they're at, it's not like they're going to make the playoffs. That's a long gone, but they just got to look better simply enough because uh, so far they've looked embarrassing. And if they don't start to look better, which they did again against the Titans, they looked a lot better. But if they don't start to really, really look better in the record, then it's time for some major moves on this team. And they've been just super disappointing this year. Uh, 27, I do have the Bengals who have outperformed my expectations just slightly. Uh, I've been super impressed with Joe Burrow. Uh, it's kind of just what I expected from him, because Joe Burrow had probably the greatest college season of all time, uh, if not at least one of them, and he has been really good to start the season so far. He'll have his rookie mistakes, but other than that, I mean, he's been incredible. The way he can just avoid pressure, he's not like the fastest guy. It's not like he's like Lamar Jackson, where he's uh, this crazy threat to run, even though he can definitely run. It's more just how elusive he is in the pocket and how slippery he is. He's so good at uh, avoiding pressure and just dodging defenders, and we can see him extend plays really well and make some big plays out of that. His pocket passing is incredible. Uh, would definitely like to see the running game be better, though. They paid Joe Mixon a lot of money, and that offensive line is really bad. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the running game really hasn't been much of a threat so far, and it's not like Joe Burrow has a ton of weapons. I mean, A.J. Green is good, but he's had to deal with so many injuries, and he's older now, so he's just not as good as he used to be. Uh, but the defense has been all right. Nothing stand out. They're a bad team. Uh, it's, n uh, it's nothing to really be ashamed of that much, though. They are just a team that's not that talented, a team that shouldn't be good, and a team that's going to need another good draft. I think they had a great draft this year, uh, but they're going to need another good draft next year. They're going to need to get more talented guys on that roster. Uh, I would love to see them build up the offensive line for sure. That's the main thing I would love to see them focus on in this uh, draft and in free agency because you got to protect Joe Burrow. you got to keep your franchise quarterback healthy, and that could be something that they should definitely be worried about. Uh, just because of what we've seen so far with how much he's getting pressured and he's just getting he's getting hit out there a lot which is scary to see because you never want to see a player get injured but especially the number one pick who has so much potential to be a truly legendary player with how uh, incredible he's looked so far you just don't want to see him get injured and he could definitely get injured with uh, the the lack of help he has on that offensive line for sure but uh, number 26, have a very, very disappointing team in the Falcons. I didn't really expect the Falcons to be good this year, uh, but they have been much worse than expected. And it's not like they've been blown out in every game. As we know, the Falcons have truly become a meme team of the NFL, 
with the way they managed to blow a lead every single game. Uh, the Bears game was just embarrassing. With They were off like, what was it, 16 or something? In the middle of the fourth quarter, and they managed to lose. Like, uh, Dan Quinn, he's on the hot seat for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get fired soon. If they lose again, I could definitely see him getting fired because he, he does not know how to manage the clock at all. Uh, he needs to be a coordinator. I don't think he can be a head coach in the NFL. And for him being a more defensive-oriented guy, their defense sucks. They don't know what they're doing out there. They're missing tackles. They're missing assignments. Like, they just look bad. And they've been super disappointing. And now Julio Jones is injured. Uh, he's a player that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, sooner rather than later he asks out. And that would be a huge blow for them. Because they do have talent on this roster, and that's what's so annoying, is that uh, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Julio Jones is the best receiver in the NFL. Calvin Ridley is an emerging player who has been incredible so far this year. But it's just the overall team uh, has been really disappointing. That defense has been so atrocious, and again, they just don't know how to manage when they have a lead. And now every team who goes down big to the Falcons... Uh, they're always going to be like, we still have a chance because the Falcons are just now becoming notorious for blowing leads, and it's bad. Uh, I have the Jaguars above them, who I thought was going to be by far the worst team. And the Jaguars have actually looked pretty good so far. Uh, the loss to the Dolphins was pretty bad. Do not get me wrong at all. The Dolphins' loss was pretty bad. But they won their first game, which was an impressive performance from them. And then they stayed in the game with a really good Titans team. Like I said, the Titans have been uh, pretty impressive to start the season so far. Uh, one of the 10 best teams in the NFL to me. A little bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, and I've honestly just been impressed with the Jaguars. The offense is pretty fun to watch. Uh and the th thing that I like about the Jaguars is they actually remind me of the Dolphins team a bit last year, where th they're not this super talented team or anything, uh, not at all, but they're a team that just kind of has this camaraderie around them, with so many people saying that they were going to tank, and they have a lot of guys that have something to prove. They have a lot of guys that were drafted low, that were undrafted, guys like Gardner Minshew. Uh, the running back was undrafted, and he's had a great season so far. I'm completely blanking on his name right now, which is my bad, but he's had a really good season so far. So I do like to see that, and I, I just like to see a team that isn't that talented still uh, manage to try and fight in these games, and they're fun to watch. I like watching this offense a lot. Uh, next, I have the team that did end up beating them in the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a team... Uh, again, that kind of mirrors the, uh, the Jaguars. They're definitely a uh, more talented team than the Jaguars. But the Dolphins uh, do have some nice players on that roster. They have Byron Jones. They have Kyle Vannoy. Uh, but overall, their team just isn't uh, very good yet. They still have Fitzpatrick at quarterback, who I think is a fine bridge quarterback, but nothing more than that. Uh, and then the biggest issue is that their offensive line really isn't that good. Uh, they do have Devontae Parker, who's having another really good season. Mike Kosicki is having a great season. Uh, but, again, they're just a team that doesn't have much talent. Uh, they could definitely use another good draft. I think if they have a draft where they can get a true uh, franchise cornerstone at the offensive line, uh, a franchise tackle would be huge for them. But if they 
if they could draft a franchise tackle, if they could maybe draft a guard later in the draft who ends up being good, I think the Dolphins could be a solid team because I'm uh, a big fan of their coaching staff. I think they have done a great job to get the most out of these players that simply aren't that talented. And I think Tua, uh, whenever he ends up getting put in, is going to be really good. So the Dolphins are uh, not a good team yet, but they're far from uh, being in the worst situation. Next, I do have the Panthers, who would have been much, much lower if we were talking about last week. But they did beat a Chargers team, who hasn't looked terrible to start the season so far, actually. And uh, they actually looked pretty, pretty good that game. Uh, The issue is that Christian McCaffrey is going to be down for a little bit, but I actually think Teddy Ridgewater is good. Even though he had a terrible first two weeks, he's looked better since then. And I may have them a little too high, I may be hyping them up a little bit after that win. Uh, but I just liked what I saw from them. Everything was kind of clicking for them, and they just looked like a much better team. I don't have much to say about them because there hasn't been a team that I'm like intensely watching. Uh, but they've definitely looked uh, better last game, and hopefully this is a sign of thing uh, of things to come. And that's kind of where the ranking comes from. Is that I think it'll be a sign of things to come, and whenever Christian McCaffrey comes back, that'll be obviously be nice for them. And I think that offense will just look uh, better than it has so far. Uh, next, I do have the Texans, who, while being 0-3 and being pretty disappointing, are a team that has had a really, really uh, tough schedule. Do not get me wrong at all. I mean, they had to face some of the best teams in the whole NFL. Like, uh, come on. So, I really can't uh, give them too much uh, for starting off this bad, just because of how good their schedule's been. I mean, they lost to the Steelers, who have looked crazy to start the season. Uh, they lost to the the Chiefs, who have uh, been the best team in the NFL to me. Like, they've been put in a tough, tough situation so far. Uh, and they lost to the Ravens. They lost to three of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, so... It's definitely disappointing to see that 0-3 record, but when you put context to it, they're a much better team than the 0-3 record says, but they are going to need to bounce back and have a really good rest of the season, and it's not like their schedule gets like crazy easy. It obviously gets easier from what they have, but they still have to face the Titans, they still have to face the Packers, they still have to face, uh, face the Patriots, the Colts, the Colts again, the Bears, uh, the Titans again, so... They're going to have to have a good rest of the season, and Deshaun Watson has uh, had a good season so far, but the biggest issue is that he has a big lack of weapons. Uh, We're seeing what the loss of DeAndre Hopkins is doing to them, and it's an issue that stems from them having a lot of uh, good receivers, but they don't have a true number one dominant guy like DeAndre Hopkins was for them. They have guys like Will Fuller, guys... Uh, like Brandon Cooks, who are good players. Do not get me wrong at all. They're very, very good players, but they don't have a number one guy. The running game, uh, after David Johnson had a pretty good first game, it hasn't looked great since then, and that defense needs to look better. Uh, They just really don't have much talent on that defense. I mean, J.J. Watt is obviously incredible, but overall that defense isn't very good. And, yeah, the Texans are in a a pretty weird situation right now. because I think they could still be a solid team, but I really don't see them doing much better than going, like, what, 8-8? Eight and eight? And what does that do for you? It does absolutely nothing. So, yeah, tough season for the Texans so far, and they've been put in a really bad situation with their schedule being so good and with them being in a division that has two teams in the Colts uh, and in the Titans that I think are better than them. 
uh, simply enough, and that I think uh, will end up either beating them or being very close to beating them in the games they end up do playing. Uh, so, next, number 20, we got the Chargers. Now, they did, again, lose to the, Dol- uh, lose to the Panthers and looked pretty bad in that Panthers game. But they fought incredibly, incredibly well in the Chiefs game. Uh, and Justin Herbert has uh, definitely been a bit up and down so far. Do not get me wrong. But he's had some really nice moments and has looked solid so far. Uh, Tyrod Taylor might be back, so that's good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really know uh, what to think that much about the Chargers. They're just, they're not great. Uh, they're not even that, they're not even that good. But I also don't think they're terrible. They are missing Derwin James, which is a huge loss. But they still have some talent on that offense, for sure, uh, with uh, having guys like Mike Williams and having guys like Keenan Allen. That team is still decent, and I think uh, we'll see an interesting conflict uh, with what happens with Tyrod Taylor, for sure. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are fine. Uh, And moving on to number 19, we got the Lions. Uh, they did end up beating the Cardinals, who looked pretty good to start the season, uh, but they did not look good in that game at all. And, I mean, the uh, the Lions aren't a terrible team. And if this offense does end up staying healthy, uh, they're going to be a pretty solid team just because I think Matt Stafford is a really good quarterback. And I think he has nice weapons. Guys like Kenny Hall, uh, Galladay are really good. His running game, he has multiple decent running backs, so... The Lions are a cool team. I expect them to be like 7-9 and nine or something this year. No, nothing really more, nothing really less. Uh, best I could see is like 8-8, eight and eight, worst I could see is 6-10. and 10. They're just a cool team. They're kind of just there for now. Uh, 18, I do have the Cowboys, who, while their offense is pretty electric with uh, Dak Prescott playing very well, uh, Amari Cooper being really good, uh, Michael Gallup, you got C.D. Lamb, you got Ezekiel Elliott, that offense is electric. But, oh my god, that defense is atrocious and has looked really, really bad to start the season. The secondary is a huge issue, uh, and it's something that looks like it's not going to be fixed. And that's going to be a a problem for them the entire season. They're going to continue to get burnt. We saw Russell Wilson just completely dot them up. Uh, uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both had huge games against them. And again, that's just going to be a continual problem. And it, in Cowboys fashion, they're probably going to go like eight and eight this year, seven and nine, and that could actually win them the division because that division is atrocious. Uh, last team I'm going to talk about before I take a break is the Browns, who have looked pretty decent so far. Their competition has not been good. Uh, don't uh, don't get me wrong at all, but Baker Mayfield has looked solid with uh, some new coaching. And the the team is just talented. Like, uh, what can I say? I mean, they got Miles Garrett, Odell. Uh, they got such a good running game. We've really seen uh, that running game be unlocked with both of their uh, two running backs being healthy and being out there and Kareem Hunt uh, and Nick Chubb. So that's been really fun to watch. And I've actually enjoyed watching the Browns this year. They've had a much better season. And it's uh, fun to watch. It's fun to see them at least be just a solid team. I'll expect them to go, like, eight and eight seven and nine uh, which won't make them the playoffs in a really tough division uh, but it's just improvement and that's honestly all you want to see is them take steps and look better and hopefully baker mayfield can prove he can be their franchise guy or they're gonna have to move on but i will take a break and i'll be right back to talk about the last 16 teams i am back everyone to talk about uh my number 16 
team in the NFL, which is the Saints. Now, this does seem pretty low for them as they are a very, very talented team, but they've been pretty disappointed to start the year so far. Uh, I'm a guy who I absolutely love Drew Brees. He's been one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch ever since I started watching football, uh, but he's really seemed to take a big step back. I obviously saw him uh, regress where his arm strength just wasn't the same as it used to be, but it just is a lot more noticeable right now, especially with the lack of Michael Thomas in their lineup, who's uh, been such a nice safety blanket for uh, Drew Brees to just continuously go to. And they've really had to rely on Alvin Kamara carrying the offense, and he's definitely had an incredible season uh, as a running back and as a receiver. He's just doing everything out there for uh, for them. But, yeah, Drew Brees just hasn't really looked the same, and they've just looked like an all-right team. Uh, nothing really stand out for them, to be totally honest, and I've just been pretty disappointed by their performance so far. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to think about the Saints right now because they're obviously a talented team, and I think my opinion will definitely change on them when Michael Thomas comes back because he's obviously their number one receiver, uh, a guy that they target a ton, obviously, and even though there's all the jokes about how he only runs slants, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL and Drew Brees needs him right now. But that defense uh, has looked pretty decent, and then basically everything else around Drew Brees hasn't looked uh, that bad on offense. Like I said, Alvin Kamara has been really good. I definitely need to see Emmanuel Sanders step up, though. He hasn't been great so far to start the season, and the Saints have uh, just came out and looked pretty flat, looked all right, nothing crazy. Uh, next, a team that has been really disappointing, but it's not like the Saints. I mean, the Saints did have... The Michael Thomas injury, but this 49ers team, man, they are have got absolutely screwed by injuries this year, and they may not make the playoffs after being in the Super Bowl last year, and that is extremely, extremely tough for them. Jimmy Garoppolo's injured, but honestly, Nick Mullins is a fine replacement for him, and it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo's some earth-saturing quarterback, so they'll be fine. Uh, until he comes back, and it's only an ankle sprain, so he'll be good. Uh, but the loss of Nick Boza, I mean, that's just such a huge loss, especially with all they invested in that defensive line, all the injuries they've had. Uh, it really hurts to see because uh, that's what they've done in the draft every single year, and we saw that was a uh, super effective strategy for them was just to build up the defensive line super well and uh, just try and make it as best as it can and uh, try and wreak havoc for uh, the other team's starting quarterback. But when you have some of your main guys on that defensive line injured and the guy who I think is one of uh, the best defensive linemen in the NFL and Nick Boza being injured, that's just a huge loss for them, especially because they're a team whose offense isn't crazy. They're a team that uh, likes to control the clock, uh, rely more on their running game, and then hope their defense steps up. But uh, they have less weapons on offense than they do last year, and then their defense is hurt. So I just think they're going to be a fine team this year. But in the division they're in, with how the Rams are playing, with how the Seahawks are playing, with how the Cardinals are playing, except for that loss to the Lions, I just honestly don't know how they could make the playoffs, which sounds so weird to say. And they're 2-1. and one. It's not like they're uh, doing awful, but their competition hasn't been great. And then the injuries that they're dealing with, and it's a tough situation for them, for sure. Because uh, it's not like their injuries that will be like half a season injuries and they'll come back. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo will come back, but uh, the main guys that are injured will be out for basically the whole season, which is really tough for them. And it's just sad to see, to be totally honest, because 
I actually like the 49ers a lot, and I love watching how like impressive the defensive line is, and it's just an interesting uh, way they play the game in such a heavy passing league with them relying more on the run and just controlling the clock and then relying on their defensive line. It's it's uh, just cool to see when a team does something different than most teams, but they're put in a tough situation this year. Uh, usually, just historically, teams who have lost the Super Bowl, it's not uh, 100% things, but a lot a lot of the time they do come out and uh, be a little bit disappointing. And then with the injuries, uh, they're, again, in a tough situation. Uh, moving on to 14, I do have the Raiders, who honestly have looked really, really good to start the season. I've been super impressed by them. Uh, they beat the... Uh, Saints and looked really good that game. They uh, had a nice performance. Derek Carr has definitely outperformed my expectations. And then uh, Darren Waller has been an absolute beast for them at tight end. Has just been tearing apart every defense he's faced except for the Patriots. And that game was uh, the game that kind of pushed me back a little bit on the Raiders because I think they'll still be solid. uh, And they've looked, still, like I said, they've looked good to start the season. But, uh, that game to the Patriots, they just didn't look good. And when Darren Waller was shut down, and when he wasn't, uh, and when he wasn't being this big vertical threat that he's been against every other team, their offense just didn't look the same. They started off decent, but uh, it just hasn't. It just didn't look the same, and I don't expect them uh, to look as good as they did at the start of the season. Even though I think they're gonna have a good season, and they looked much better than I expected. Thirteen, I do have the Colts who. Uh, are just a really solid team. I mean, Philip Rivers is going to have a throw here and there that makes you cringe because it's just an awful throw. And even if they, like, drop an interception, you're just like, oh, my God, what is he doing? But uh, he's looked pretty good. The weapons that he has available to them uh, is really good with Jack Doyle being a very good tight end. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I still just think he's so underrated. He's gotten so underrated under the radar his whole career. And he's not, like this crazy receiver but he's just so so solid and so consistently good and yeah i really i really like ty hilton Uh, i love what they have at running back with marlon mack and they have a couple backups they have jonathan taylor who they drafted and that defense is really solid that linebacking core is really good with darius leonard being an up-and-coming player who's one uh become one of the best linebackers in the whole nfl uh, I think their coaching is solid, and I just think overall as a team, they're really solid. That's why I'm at 13. Uh, I think they'll maybe go around like 10 and 6, 9 and 7, uh, maybe even 11 and 5. They're a solid, solid team, and they're going to have a good season. I really like what the Colts have built. I love that they got to Force Buckner because Force Buckner is phenomenal. That was a great pickup for them, especially getting him for the 13th pick. I think it was good value for the 49ers too just because of the contract situation. Uh, but it was definitely a good move for the Colts, and I've been impressed by them so far. Moving on to number 12, we do have the Cardinals, who had a very, very disappointing game uh, against the Lions, where Kyler Murray looked really bad after looking incredible the first uh, two games, and I was uh, praising them a ton, but they definitely were disappointing that game. Uh, but I don't think this will be a sign of things to come. I think Kyler Murray is so talented, and him having DeAndre Hopkins has just been an unstoppable duo, and I'm not worried about them at all. Uh, I mean, you can definitely be worried a little bit about their defense, but I think that offense will look much better. And they'll be a well-oiled machine. They'll have a really good season and be one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, They're just too talented not to. I think they have good coaching. And it's not like the 
Browns where it was just all these things that were clashing. They're actually just a really solid team who will bounce back, in my opinion, and have a nice season. Uh, 11, I have the Buccaneers, who were a little disappointing to start the season. They didn't did not look good at all against the Saints, but have looked better. Tom Brady hasn't been perfect, and he's had some throws where he just uh, underthrows it or throws a bad ball. But, I mean, he's looked solid, and that defense has been the most impressive part. The defense has been really, really good for them, and Mike Evans is uh, so good. And something that's gone super under the radar and that, that they haven't really talked about, uh, well, no one's really talked about, is uh, th- the fact that Chris Godwin has been injured, who was going to be one of Tom Brady's biggest weapons. So I think uh, they'll be pretty good the, the rest of the year. I could definitely see them making the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised for them, for them to make the playoffs. I expect them to. And, yeah, I mean, they haven't really outperformed my expectations. Neither have they really underperformed it. I would just like to see Chris Godwin back, and I'd like to see them continue to play the defense that they are. Moving on to the top 10, at number 10, we got the Bears, who are 3-0, uh, but are a little bit of a less impressive 3-0 uh, with the way they've won those games, but they still have looked really good, uh, and I think Nick Foles being their quarterback is a great move for them uh, for the rest of the year. The defense definitely has been a little disappointing for me, uh, but I think the defense is still pretty solid, and the offense will be good enough as long as Nick Foles uh, looks pretty good, which I th- expect him to. And, yeah, the Bears are just a solid team, a team that's a playoff-level team, probably a, a team that I'd expect to be in the wild card, especially with how the Packers are playing. Uh, but number nine, I do have the Rams. The Rams have looked great to start the season so far. They did uh, end up losing a really close one to uh, the Bills, who have looked incredible. After being down 28-3, to they really fought in that game. Aaron Donald had that huge strip sack. Aaron Donald's having an insane season so far. And obviously, it's not surprising because, I mean, this is Aaron Donald we're talking about. He's incredible. But the thing that's been most impressive for me is Jared Goff. Uh, I've been someone who's been constantly critical of Jared Goff because with the contract he's on and just with all that they invested in him, I've was disappointed by how he performed the past couple of years but the running game has looked good he's looked really good he's using those weapons he has uh really nice weapons around him and that team is just super solid uh the defense is pretty good and then they obviously have the star power with guys like aaron donald and jalen ramsey cooper cup uh they're just a nice well-rounded team with really good coaching and they're having a bounce back season and it's fun it's fun to watch they've been one of uh my favorite teams to watch so far Number seven, I do have the Titans. Now, this was an incredibly close one for me between the Titans and the Patriots. I was super, super back and forth on this, but I have the Patriots having the slight edge just because even though the Titans are 3-0, they've had uh, a little bit worse competition than the Patriots, and they uh, barely squeaked out a game against the Jaguars, but uh, that's nothing taken away from them as they've looked great to start the season so far. Uh, They're doing the same game plan as they did last year, but, I mean, it's working, so you can't take that away from them. Uh, They don't really throw the ball that much, but when they do, Ryan Tannehill's been super efficient, uh, and then they're so good at running the ball. Uh, But they did beat the Broncos, they barely beat the uh, Jaguars, barely, and then beat the Vikings, barely. So even though the the record is 3-0, I can't just act like they're this incredible team. And honestly, I do think the Patriots are better. They're uh, my my seventh best team in the NFL with 
Uh, just how they've been playing. They've been playing really good. Cam Newton is having an incredible bounce back season. Uh, the running has, game has been really good from him. And then the passing has been impressive. Uh, and I just love what I've seen from the Patriots. The defense uh, does have some moments where they don't look great. As they are missing some key people uh, like Dante Hightower who opted out of this season. Uh, but overall they've looked good. And uh, we're just seeing, yet again, Bill Belichick manage to coach a team very, very well. And we're seeing uh, a super motivated Cam Newton who's ready to prove everyone who is doubting him wrong. And he's doing that so far. So I love what I've seen from the Patriots. And I've been really impressed by them. Uh, number six, I do have the Ravens. Uh, they looked great the first two games, but had a super disappointing performance uh against the chiefs and i didn't expect them to win necessarily just because the chiefs are so good i basically just pick the chiefs in every game even though obviously they, it's not like they're gonna go actually 16 to 0 but uh the chiefs are so good uh lamar definitely had a disappointing uh, game that one uh and we're really just seeing in my opinion the lack of him having a true number one guy uh i mean at a certain point he's got to be better but at the same time uh he just doesn't have a guy that he can consistently rely on. He doesn't have a DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't have a Julio Jones. Uh, he has nice players like Mark Andrews, very nice player. Marquise Brown, a nice, promising young wide receiver. But I think he needs that number one guy. And I still don't believe in them in the playoffs. Like I'd pick a team like maybe the Titans or the Patriots over them uh, just because I don't see their game plan continuing to work. Uh, unless they get a number one guy that Lamar can throw to. And his throwing has gotten so much better. But sometimes it's just an issue where people aren't getting open enough, or even when they're getting open. Mark Andrews had a couple really bad drops that game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, their defense has looked good so far, even though they kind of got tore apart by the Chiefs' offense. But it is the Chiefs' offense. So I'm not super worried about the Ravens, even though they were a little disappointing last game for sure. Number five, I have the Seahawks. Now, while their offense has been incredible. I mean, Russell Wilson, you you literally can't say anything about Russell Wilson that already hasn't been said. He's having an MVP season. Uh, has had one of the greatest seasons of all time just for, through the first three weeks, having the most passing touchdowns in NFL history through the first three weeks, having a ton of yards, and he's just so efficient with everything he does. Uh, the one interception that he has wasn't even his fault. And yeah, he's just been incredible to start the season. He's really using his weapons that he has. DK Metcalf has looked great, other than the fumble he had, which was pretty embarrassing. That was really bad, but other than that, he's looked great. And then Tyler Lockett, the most, uh, probably the most underrated player in the NFL for me. He's been tearing apart every defense that he faces. It's time we got to start giving Tyler Lockett all the credit that he deserves because he's been a beast for the Seahawks. The Seahawks have looked really good, other than the defense. The offense, while being so electric, as long as they can stay healthy, they're going to continue to be electric. Uh, the defense is definitely something to worry about. Uh, the secondary has not looked good to start the season. The linebacking core isn't great. And overall, the defense just doesn't have much talent on it. But I think they can continue to rely on their offense and still be uh, really good. Number four, I do have the Bills. The Bills have looked so great to start the season. Josh Allen is having an incredible start to the season. Would be third on my MVP ladder right now. And, yeah, he's just been so great. Definitely want to see the defense be a little better, though. They've been a little disappointing to start the season so far after being uh, the thing that uh, they relied on last year. But they've still looked so good, and I've been really impressed by the Bills. 
Uh, I'm a little, I'm definitely scared as a Patriots fan that the Bills are in our division because I think it's going to be a super close battle between those two. And yeah, Bills, really good season so far. Josh Allen, super impressive. And that defense needs to step up, but I do believe in them as they have a ton of talent on that end and they have really good coaching. Number three, I have the Steelers. Steelers have been so great. I've been really impressed by them. Uh, I expected them to be good with Big Ben back, but Big Ben has looked much better than I expected. Uh, he's really using his weapons. Juju Smith has looked show, uh, so much better than the last year. Chase Claypool's having a good season. And that defense is something you can always rely on with so many play, playmakers on that end, like Mika Fitzpatrick, who's been a little bit disappointing to start the season, but he's still been good. And then TJ Watt, who's just an animal. So I've been super impressed by the Steelers. I have them as the third best team in the NFL, which is not something I would expect uh, to say. And this will be a fl- fluid list. I'm sure we'll be, we'll be seeing plenty of change, but I expect the Steelers to still be one of the best teams in the NFL. And I've been so I've been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by them. Shout out to the Steelers. Great season so far. Number two, I have the Packers. Packers have looked incredible so far. There's really nothing to say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, second in my MVP ladder, and he's just been a beast so far. The offense looked so much better. I think he's really uh, clicking with Matt LaFleur as a coach, which is something we didn't see last year. And that running game is still really good with Aaron Jones, who's having an an amazing season so far. and just that mix of Aaron Rodgers being so good, even with his receiver uh, receiving core not being that good, uh, he's relying on guys who uh, aren't that talented. But even if they just have the uh, smallest bit of separation, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers throw absolute beautiful balls. Uh, he's r- doing really well with uh, like tricking people to get off sides with now the no crowd uh, being a factor or just uh, not much of a crowd being there. We're seeing... Uh, him get a ton of people off sides and then the defense has looked pretty good so far they were great last year expecting to be great this year and the Packers are a great team and have outperformed my expectations I expected them to be really good but they have looked like uh, one of if not the best team in the NFL but the best team in the NFL for me is the Chiefs this is an easy pick for me Patrick Mahomes Tyree Kill Travis Kelsey uh, Andy Reid, like, what could you say about the Chiefs that already hasn't been said? The Chiefs are so incredible. Uh, I have them as my Super Bowl winner this year, and I just don't see any teams topping them. The talent they have on this team is so crazy, and they have the best quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, my the Chiefs are my number one team in the NFL. But I really do hope you enjoyed this episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Please show it some support. And, yeah, it's been Michael. Peace out.